Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Welcome to today's episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow, and SB Live Sports and the Believe Podcast Network, where we bring you conversations with people in the world of sports. Today's guest is an insider, and I'm interested to hear how the term insider applies, not just to him, but to others in the college basketball industry. None other than stadium's frontline insider, Jeff Goodman. Jeff, life on the East Coast has got to be very nice. You told me it was 80 degrees. Maybe you're getting your last round of tour golf in this week, but how's life back there for you? And, And you've got to be churning 100 miles per hour with the college basketball season right around the corner. Yeah, I mean, it's been great watching NBA, obviously. Uh, the playoffs have been good. Uh, we'll see if the Heat can give the, the Lakers a good run here for their money. Um, and college hoops, less than two months away. You know, the big thing right now is everybody's trying to figure out their schedule. And it's a complete mess right now because um, everybody's trying to figure out the restrictions. Will their conferences allow them to play uh, certain, you know, an event in Orlando – an event in the Mohegan Sun or something else. And then when they come back, you've obviously got the testing at these events. Then when you come back, like a team like Siena, they were supposed to go down to Orlando. Well, when they come back, they got a quarantine for 14 days. And that runs into their, their conference season. So they can't go to an event. They got to bail. Um, it's just going to be really, really interesting. And I know Fuey's been busy. Uh, trying to craft his non-conference schedule as he always does. And, you know, I, I fully expect him to find a place, um, you know, that, that he can hit a casino at at some point, whether it's Mohegan Sun in Connecticut or somewhere else. He'll figure it out. Yeah, it's so interesting you talk about scheduling. I actually had uh, a Coach Few uh, on, the, on the podcast a week or so ago. We released it recently. And I asked him the question about, with your staff, who has – you know, the brunt of the work with the scheduling. And, and he essentially said, you know, there's a, a guy or two that runs point, but the head coach has final say and veto power. Yeah. When you talk with coaches all across the country, are they more or less involved this year as opposed to years past? Yeah, more, more, but they don't, you know, the problem is there's so much going on right now. Everybody's kind of placating everybody. You know, yeah, 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 you know, we'll play you. We'll play, you know, contract's still good until it's not good. I mean, it's like recruiting, right? They're all bullshitting each other for the most part right now until they figure out, you know, 
like the AAC right now, the American Athletic Conference, if they go from 18 to 20 games, well, they're going to lose two non-conference games that are already on their slate. They're going to have to call somebody and tell them we can't play you. Um, so, yeah, I think the head coach is certainly, you know, TJ Benson's probably uh, at the beck and call of Mark Few uh, as much as humanly possible right now. He's making all the, the calls, making sure everything's uh, in pretty good shape. But ultimately, it's Mark Few's call as it is pretty much all the head coaches right now. Kentucky, they're not doing anything without John Calipari. Uh, signing off on it let's be honest yeah that's true I mean you get to that point where you you've built or guided a program to a certain amount of uh, excellence you're going to stay in charge and make sure it's running the way that you see fit now in the intro I called you a college basketball insider lots of things go into becoming an insider as you got started with your career in college basketball you have to build your network. You have to grow the trust within that network. What, what is that process like to be then – to grow your career into a place where you can be considered an insider? So my, my kind of path was a little bit unique, and it really helped me was um, – you know, I started off I, – I knew I wanted to do this. I knew I wasn't going to be good enough to play at the highest level. Went to school at Arizona – and, but I interviewed James Worthy when I was like 14 years old. You know, that, that was the first interview I ever did, James Worthy. And then I, I kind of got in, I did a lot of freelance stuff, Washington Post, USA Today, places like that when I got out of school. But then I kind of uh, lucked in and got into basketball recruiting. And I was doing like features on players, whatnot, calling players. And I remember one day, I just called the kid Richard McCants. You remember Richard McCants, yeah. of course. Played at Carolina, talented as all hell. Just never, you know, his problems outweighed his talent, really, in, in the NBA. And that's why he didn't last. But I called him one day just to check up on him. You know, who, you, who you're looking at school-wise, whatever. And he told me he had just gotten off the phone with Carolina and committed. So I, there was no Twitter back then, as we know. <laughs> wrote a story, put it up, and all hell broke loose. I mean, Carolina's fan base is crazy. So uh, they went crazy on it, message boards, whatever. And uh, that was the first news-breaking story that I had. And, and you kind of got that rush, right? Like, oh, this is pretty cool. So then it became something that I wanted to do. And, uh, and, and again, I was really fortunate because I was covering recruiting full-time. So I knew all these players. I knew guys, you know, like you, coming up, watching you – playing AAU ball, you were a little bit older, so I didn't see you playing AAU ball as much. But a lot of these guys I watched from a young age. Kevin Durant, I wrote the first story on him when he was, you know, 14 years old. So they have a little bit of trust in you as they move up into college. That helps. Also, I had these relationships with all the coaches, college coaches, mostly assistants at that point, that would call me for information all the time, you know. What, what's this player looking at? Who's he looking at? Is he good enough for us? What not, right? So I had all this information. They're calling me. Then I flip it when I'm working for a company called Scout, Fox buys Scout. I beg the editor at, at Fox to give me a shot writing college basketball, 50 bucks a week for a column. Once a week, 50 bucks. And, uh, and then I turned the tables on the coaches. And I'm like, all right, you've needed my help for the last however many years. Now I'm going to flip it. I need your help. When you, when you have info, 
when something happens, somebody gets hurt, whatever. I just have really good relationships with all these, these high-level assistant coaches. So that's how I was really able to break news, to be honest. I got really lucky coming in from the recruiting game to the college game, and now I kind of do it. I don't break news really in the NBA game because you got Woj and, and Shams that, are, that take care of all that, and I don't really want to get involved in that too much. But I still know these guys based on my relationship with them when they were young so I can have access to a guy like, uh, you know, Kevin Durant, when I see him in the locker room before a game and, and they know me, they'll talk freely to me off the record or even on the record. It's so funny. You mentioned the, the, the word info. And regardless of what industry you're in, you could be a businessman, a stockbroker, whatever. If you have the information, you have the knowledge, you have the network, you've got the ability to grow something and build something. Um, and, and that's really unique how somebody like yourself can take that and kind of run with it and build an, uh, a very successful career out of it. Now, when I say the term college basketball insider, and, and you mentioned NBA, I had Chris Haynes, who, who works for TNT, Love on the podcast a few weeks ago, and I asked him the same question in the NBA as opposed to Woj and Shams, who you mentioned. Is there a friendly rivalry between, say, yourself and, and maybe John Rothstein or Seth Davis to be that guy that breaks something, whether it's scheduling uh, or whatnot? Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're competitive, of course. Absolutely. Now I'm a little bit older now, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm getting up there a little bit. I, I won't lie to you. I'm not quite as competitive as I was. Like if anything, anybody broke anything on me 10 years ago, they would eat me up. Absolutely eat me up. Now I realize like, all right, I got a daughter who's 17 years old. Um, you got to pick your spots a little bit. You're not going to break everything. Um, the difference with me, I think, in a lot of insiders, and, and this is the problem I have, honestly, with a lot of insiders these days, is they'll do anything for a scoop. They'll kiss any ass for a scoop. You know, whatever it is, whether it's an agent asking for a favor, whether it's a, a, a general manager, a college coach, and I think that's where I'm different, Dan. I, I'm not going to kiss ass. I'm not. And, and, and it's hurt me in a lot of ways where I don't have relationships with a lot of coaches. Like, I've talked to John Calipari – twice in the last 12 years, maybe something like that. I, I, I don't really get along with Kay that well up and down. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. There was a, a couple of years where I didn't talk to Roy Williams at all. So I don't really lose sleep over that too much. I'm going to be honest to me, right? Like I'm not going to just be a mouthpiece for coaches. That, that's just not me. It's never, it's not the way I was taught. You know, I would, I was taught uh, to be true to yourself and, and I'll give my opinion. I have no problem. I'm going to be right some. I'm going to be wrong a lot. Um, but I'm not, I'm not afraid to give my opinion based on the information I have. Too many insiders now are scared to give their opinion because they don't want to offend anybody. And it's going to cost them getting info. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. No, that, that's a really intriguing point because there's a fine line of you reporting the news, but there's also the fine line of you continuing your career but you also want to balance it with respecting the network that you've built and the reputation that you've built and the reputation that the other coaches have had am I correct yeah but like at ESPN it was hard for me because they would literally say like we don't really want you to give your opinion and I'm, I'm thinking to myself that's complete BS like I know more than Seth Greenberg I, I know more I'm talking to more people he may know more about the X's and O's that's fine. 
but I have way more information than him. Yet he, no, I'll give you a better example, way better example. Come March Madness, you're hearing Stephen A. Smith give his opinions. I'm not allowed to give my opinion about college basketball, but a guy who hasn't watched college basketball all damn year is going to give his opinion on college basketball? How, how does this – it's not logical. Now, again, I'm one of the few insiders that wants to give my opinion, and, and for me, I want to hear Woj's opinion. Woj knows more about NBA than just about anybody else. I want to hear his opinion as much as humanly possible. Um, but, again, I think a lot of people are scared to do that because they don't want to offend an agent, uh, an NBA personnel, executive, a college coach, whoever it is, they, they just want the next scoop at, at all costs. That's a really good point because as much as I love Kenny Smith, Charles Barkley, all these guys with the TNT crew, I've, because I do it. I'm, I'm a college basketball analyst during the season. I work for a number of different networks. It really is difficult for me to sit back at times and see these guys broadcasting the biggest games of the year when essentially they've pulled an all-nighter the weekend before the NCAA tournament begins, and they couldn't tell you the strengths and weaknesses of player X versus player Y other than what they've written or read on a scouting report that somebody else has uh, produced for them. And so the fact that you, you, you stated that, I, I support that. I agree with that. Um, I love Barkley. Listen, I love Bart. We all do, right? I mean, you love listening to those guys. They're they're entertaining, but right. They, Charles Barkley should not be doing um, analysis of, of of NCAA tournament games. Neither should Ken, you know. They have Clark Kellogg at least with with those guys generally now, uh, but it just puts them in a spot that they shouldn't be in. Well, it, it discredits their credibility for the game of basketball itself because I view college is being a completely it's the same sport but it's a completely different game than the nba is um and i've always felt that way when i was in college i didn't feel that way once i got to the end you NBA, didn't know I didn't, yeah you just didn't you didn't know in college you weren't thinking that way but but i mean think of the turnover in college right i mean the turn charles barkley doesn't know i mean honestly and i love again i love chuck he's yeah. he's the greatest like been great to me but he's not spending time watching college basketball during the year. Like you said, he's getting fed things and I'll text him stuff. Sometimes I'll try to help him and text him a, a, a hit here or there just cause he, he's helped me. But ultimately you want to have people like Seth Davis in that chair who have been covering college basketball all year, who know it inside and out. Yeah. Without a doubt. You cover it day in, day out. You talk to coaches all the time. Is there a coach that when you call them or text them, you know for a fact they're going to give you a 100% honest answer? Because we're in the media industry. We know there's a certain kind of guardedness to a lot of people's answers. Is there one coach that stands out as they're being honest? I mean, you got one there. I mean, man, your guy right now is pretty damn honest, Fuey. You know, I'll give him credit. He wasn't like that a few years ago, or maybe his platform has just become bigger. But um, I love him because I know I'm going to – I'm not going to get the typical college coach BS. Yeah. I'm not going to get spun. I'm not going to get the, the the salesman. You know, listen, John Calipari, whether I, I have a relationship with him or not, he's a hell of a salesman. 
right? I always say Rick Pitino and Cal Perry, there's a reason they didn't like each other because they were very similar. Um, Rick Pitino, I always said, like, whatever Pitino said, just flip it. Just flip it. True. I mean, it just it, it is. And a lot of these guys are like that. Few is not like that. I mean, listen, he's a different dude. I don't think a lot of people know the real Mark Few. I, would you agree with that? I think a lot of fans, casual basketball fans, have no idea his personality and how much he can kind of have fun and and he'll rip on you, he'll rip on himself. Oh, he's as everybody who's read the articles knows he likes to fly fish. He values family. He values the ability to stay living in Spokane. Um, but they don't understand his sarcasm and his dry wit and his willingness to to crack on former players he he won't necessarily do it on current guys because there's that kind of player coach relationship that he has to balance but former guys if we're sitting around he'll go at you in a heartbeat it's interesting and it's fun to watch as long as you're not on the receiving end i love i'll give you a quick quick story my favorite few story is um we're um they're gambling it's like him um billy Greer, Monson, uh, Billy Walker, Billy Walker, Bill Walker, who's now a a head coach at a smaller school. They're all sitting down at a table. I believe it was like Caesars playing blackjack. And um, I'm standing behind him for a minute. And this was was like 10 years ago. So I got no money at this point. Um, I'm making nothing. And Bill Walker gets up. He had just gotten crushed at the blackjack table. And I sit down in his spot and I end up winning like 1200 bucks, which for me then was like the, the equivalent of like, might've been, might've just has been like a hundred thousand. It was that big at, at that day. I was like, Holy crap, this is incredible. But we're sitting there and um, Mel Gibson is playing roulette, like 10 feet away with, with his girl, girl on his arm who might've been 19 years old. And his, his shirt is buttoned down. You see chest hair everywhere. And, uh, and we're just having a good old time. We're ripping on Mel Gibson. Uh, Fuey's ripping on the dealer. And I'm like, I had never seen that side of Mark Few before. And, and I always say, like, anytime you guys ever go gambling again, call me when <laughs> you're out in Vegas. Because they're just they're, – they're regular people. I think that's – again, that's what separates – um, guys like Mark Few from a lot of other guys. Another guy I'll, I'll put in that equation, and he's very different personality-wise, is Chris Beard at Texas Tech. No bullshit whatsoever. He is what he is. He's a junior college coach uh, who was coaching in the ABA about eight years ago, and I've known him a long time, and it's just cool to see kind of, you know, how, how, how much success he's had at Texas Tech and, and how he's handled it. You know, he, he just he hasn't changed at all. Um, and man, can he coach? I love kind of following and tracking coaches like a Chris Beard, who kind of everybody's path is different, but he overcame some struggles, overcame you know the perception of being a junior college coach or a minor leagues coach to have success. Um, when I look at the landscape of college basketball, there's a couple coaches that are young that have kind of caught my eye over the last couple of years. Are there any for you that you look at and say, man, he, he might be in the big sky or he might be in the MEAC, but you know what? That guy, if, if he waits for the right opportunity, 
he's going to crush it at a big-time school. I think Wes Miller is a guy at UNC Greensboro right now that we're talking a lot about. I mean, obviously, he's got the pedigree. I first saw him when he was at New Hampton uh, Prep in New Hampshire Prep School. So I've known him since he was, you know, 17 years old. Um, you know, you could just see it in him, right? He, he played at Carolina, but you could see he was a coach all the way through and um, done a great job. Took over on an interim basis after a guy named Mike DeMent was fired in the middle of the year. Struggled early. I remember sitting down with him uh, in Framingham, Massachusetts for a dinner at uh, Olive Garden uh, one day. And he, he struggled. It was early on after he got the job and he really, really struggled. But I think he's a guy to me that I think uh, can be a star depending on, you know, again, who, who's the next guy at Carolina? Not easy to figure out. Like Duke's got a bunch of guys that you might say like, well, maybe Tommy Emmerker, maybe Jeff Capel, maybe Johnny Dawkins, you know, Steve Wojciechowski, Chris Collins. They've got a lot of names in there for, for Duke. Try it for Carolina. Keep it in the family. It's not easy to figure out a guy. So, like, Wes Miller, either if he, if he stays pat, goes to a couple tournaments at UNCG, or takes – and I thought he might get Wake because his dad is a big booster at Wake, but Steve Forbes got that job from, from ETSU – so, I, you know, he's a guy that I definitely would, would put in the mix. Uh, I'm trying, you know who's done a great job, who we don't give enough credit? Former NBA players have not had much success in college. We can agree on that, can we not? No, I would agree. It's very hard. I, I think Larry Kostoviak at Utah maybe has been the most successful kind of blend NBA college guy. You know who's done a good job at Little Rock? Daryl Walker. You remember Daryl Walker? Yes. Yeah, he was a coach with uh, the Hornets when I was down in New Orleans. Yeah, great guy. Phenomenal. Done a great – like, I just feel like most of those guys are going to fail because they don't understand the work that it, that's involved recruiting, right? Like, you got to be on the phone all day. you got to be running all over the place to see these kids, not even to evaluate them half the time, but just so they can see you. And, and I just feel like the Chris Mullins of the world, they don't work. Like, he didn't want to put in – the work necessary to get St. John's, which was down here, up here. It's one thing to keep it. Like Juwan Howard right now, he took over a program that's already pretty good at Michigan. It's going to be hard to screw it up. I'm not saying he's a good coach or a bad coach yet. I think the jury's still out. But he already took over a program that's got a big-time brand that's already up here from what John Bilan left him. But when you take over a program like St. John's, like Georgetown, where it was when Patrick Ewing took over, you got to work so much harder in recruiting. And if you don't have I, – I just feel like there's very few guys that come over that have $100 million, and Darrell Walker does not have $100 million in his bank account. Um, but some of the, the Mullins, the Ewings, the Juwan Howards, Damon Stoudemire has done a good job. I'll give him credit. Yeah, he, he's a guy that's gone he, – he's, he's gone against my general rule of former NBA guys going to college, which is they just don't work hard enough. Damon has grinded it out and done a hell of a job at a really tough job right now at Pacific. You're 100% right in the fact that Pacific is a difficult job. I mean, it's, it's in a – Stockton is not San Francisco. It's not Los Angeles. It's much diff, more difficult to recruit to, and I would agree. Damon has done a tremendous job. And, and I've talked to him before games that I've broadcasted here at Gonzaga, and, and – I was surprised with the passion that he spoke with about Pacific. And that to me shows that, you know what? He's not looking to jump at the first opportunity. He's looking to build something at Pacific. Yep. When the time is right, I'm sure he'll move on to a bigger 
un, quote unquote better job, but he's doing a nice job there. But I do love the fact that you mentioned Wes Miller and the job that he's doing at UNCG. And, and I, I have to say this because um, it's just in me. Go ahead. College roommate, one of the guys in my wedding, Kyle Bankhead is an assistant with Wes Miller. Yep, that's and right. From the time Kyle Bankhead has been with Wes Miller at UNCG, he's like, look, I love what we're doing. We're building this thing. I don't know how long it's going to take. But Wes Miller's message, I believe in it. We're doing things the right way. If we're at UNCG for 10, 12 years, fine. If something happens and Wes feels it's the best thing for him, good for him. If I go – Awesome. But, you know, to hear you say that he's probably your up and coming coach, uh, you know, I can vouch for that based on somebody that works for him. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, that's always good to have a guy on, on a staff that you trust to be. That, that's the key, right? Getting quality information, going, going back to the insider tag, yeah. even like you, you got to have such a good relationship with people to know that they're not just feeding you a line of BS. Last question, Jeff, before, uh, I let you get going because uh, I'm, I'm sure there's something more pressing calling your name with the, the nice weather back East. This is going to be a weird college basketball season. It's looking like they're going to allow teams to play up to 27 games. Many teams aren't going to play that many, quite frankly, because of scheduling. It looks like the NCAA tournament's going to go. I sure hope it goes. Who's your pick to win this year? All right. So to me, I think, and, and I've had these top three teams clear from day one because I think teams with experience are going to have a far greater um, advantage than ever. Because think about the, like a team like Kentucky, for instance. They miss half the summer. Freshmen, new guys. Time when you know, what do you build? Chemistry, right? I mean, when you transferred in, it takes time to build that chemistry those Kentucky players lost half of their summer, and now everything's going to get pushed back a little bit. Um, I, I just I think teams like Gonzaga, Villanova, Baylor, those are my clear one, two, three, in whatever order you want to put them in. Um, by the way, Drew Timmy might be my my favorite player in the country. So back from AAU ball, back from like not even now, not based on what he did at Gonzaga, the year whatever it was three years ago now it would have been on on the circuit. He was my favorite player to watch. Just plays so hard. He's just he's, – he's a throwback. I love that you talk about experience because I think that too many people undervalue experience. I, Scott Drew, to me, is a phenomenal coach. I don't know Jay Wright, but I love how he's built that program. You know, he was one of the first coaches that played four-guard lineups and spaced right. the floor and really dribble, drive, attack you. Um, I, I like your call in Drew Timmy. Um, last February before the, the pandemic hit – my son's team was playing in, in the Portland area at an AAU tournament. And I ran into Jermaine O'Neal. And Jermaine was like, hey, you got my guy, Drew Timmy, up at Gonzaga. He is starting to play well. Watch out for him. So the fact that Jermaine O'Neal vouches for him, that you're calling him uh, a big-time guy, I, I, I have to agree with you because I saw tremendous strides a season ago uh, from Drew Timmy. So I would agree. I won't, I won't take myself off the hook, though. I'll, I'll pick somebody. I'll pick somebody to, to win it all. I, it, actually, this is the first time I've been asked it. 
yet. I mean, because again, like we finally have a start date to the season. Now you can ask that question. Yeah. Before you had a start date, I feel like you couldn't ask somebody who they're, and still it's like early where like you're not in the mold, like the mode of trying to think about it, but I'm going to go Villanova. I, I just think, you know what, their culture is so strong. They lost Sadiq Bay, but they've got a veteran point guard in Colin Gillespie, who I think is solid and has made improvement every single year. Uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, I think he'll take a big jump. Um, they got a kid, Brian Antoine, who didn't even really play as a freshman because he was hurt. But he's a guy that um, is like a poor, poor man's Ray Allen, like smooth shooter that we'll see this. They're really deep. They're experienced. And, again, listen, there's only one team that's got two now. I think it's safe to say Jay Wright can coach a little bit too. Yeah, Jay Wright, I, you know, I, I never want to put myself in anyone else's shoes and make a decision, but I think he made the right move in staying with Villanova as opposed to some of these rumors of going to the Sixers, which we all know NBA is a coaching carousel. Doc Rivers gets fired for being a tremendous coach just the other day. It, it's 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 mind-boggling. So. Jeff, I appreciate you joining. Uh, thanks for sharing some of your experiences, some of your knowledge, and a little bit more about what makes college basketball special. So for the ISO and SB Live Sports, I'm Dan Dickow. Today's guest was Jeff Goodman. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. The number one podcast network or professional. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.